0: Good morning and welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. And can I just say happy birthday to the Queen? Oh, yes. We love the Queen's birthday here because <laughs> it means a public holiday. It is a day off for most of us, I want to say. And we also are having a day off. Yes. Which means we're not here. No. You yeah. are going to be listening to The Favourites today yeah. uh, without us. Yeah, we recorded this last week and we hope that you enjoy Monday of Favourites. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day.
1: There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the word. Light of forgiveness, light of the world. in a valley I was lost on a raging sea Lost on the mountain Until the light shone on me Led me out of the darkness Back to the shore Top of the mountain to be lost no more it's the light of redemption, it's the light of a grand plan it's the light of forgiveness. is the sun of man it's shining in the darkness it's shining in the night the light is away the truth
0: Listening to Faith FM Australia 87.6, 87.8, and 88 FM. You are here on The Breakfast Show. And not with Mon and Lyle, but with Mon and Taryn. That's right. Poor little Lyle
2: had to duck off to the United States. Yeah, so we'll say poor little Lyle. Poor with little Lyle. Very little I, actual
0: sympathy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have fit in his suitcase, I would have done. <laughs> that's right. He gets to go to the States. I want to go to the States. Have you ever been? I
2: have. Mm, it's it's really a pretty cool. cool place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I like it because it's quite diverse. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I feel like from one end of the country you can see so many different mm. things. They're just unlike, you know, another state. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. I, and it's so different from Australia, I found. Yeah. I mean, like, in that, it's, you know, like, it's obviously a popular, you know, Western world sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's just got a different culture to it. Yeah, like, very much. Yeah,
0: and I appreciated that when I went there. These Americans are unlike anyone else. And
2: I liked uh, <laughs> their Mexican food.
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, I thought it was good. I'm actually not a huge fan of Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I know everyone seems to like it, everyone apart from me. I mean, you drunk beans yesterday, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> you juiced them and you <laughs> drunk the beans. Yeah, maybe, maybe if I was into Mexican food, I would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone. Would enjoy juiced <laughs> beans. <laughs> we need to find someone. It'd be fun if we could find someone who liked juiced beans. Now, the problem with Mexican food for me is is it, is it actually a textural thing, which is funny because we've really? talked about food texture before. Yeah, yeah. For me, Mexican food is always either it's <clears throat> either too crunchy or it's too sloppy, and there's nothing in between. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So if you think
0: about like you know the the. The taco and the corn chips, they're like, I don't know. I don't like having that level of crunch in like a salad. Yeah. Because when I'm chowing through a salad, I just want to like just be able to chew wildly and have Uh fun with it. I don't want to have to look out for a sharp thing. A sharp bit that's going to attack the roof of your mouth. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is painful. I I get that. I have done (laughs) that before when the corn chip just sticks into the roof of your mouth. Yes. That doesn't feel so nice. But it's so yummy, though. Like the beans mm. and the guacamole. No, no, no. I do I mean, I have. Salad.
0: Had the best burrito I've ever had was in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a tofu breakfast burrito at a oh. place called Trippy Tacos. Yeah. And if you are so blessed to live in Melbourne, I definitely recommend you go to Trippy Taco <laughs> and get yourself a breakfast burrito. I love tofu that name, burrito. Trippy Taco. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> actually, that burrito was life changing. I'm not going to lie. That's so cool. But I'm not sure a Mexican would have eaten that burrito yeah. and been like, yeah, this is legit Mexican. They would have been like, what is st- this? Fake Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a bit like fusion. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's it. It's like Australian Mexican. <laughs> yeah. It's vegan Australian yeah. weird stuff.
0: That's anyway, it. We are very happy for Lyle to head off to the US yes. and, uh, and take his annual leave and spend time with his extended family. <clears throat> and we, of course, are going to be studying about the country that he's in. We are. Mm. Yeah. So we are all talking about United States in Bible prophecy. Um, so we're going to be talking about the country that Lyle's in and maybe, oh, maybe he can call us from the land of the beast oh. and tell us about stuff that's happening over there. But before we dive into the beast in the US and our Bible study, what is happening with our queer? Well,
2: I haven't heard of anyone calling up
0: yet, Mon. So uh. I think
2: it's been tricking everyone else as much as it tricked me when I first read it. Do we have any clues left? Or we is do it have that? some. No, no, we have some clues left. So, um, don't remember, read it,
0: don't read out the last one because the last one's always like this really easy peasy multi choice one. Okay. We skipped that one. Okay. Is I there, won't do that one. Okay, then. yeah.
2: Well, the first one we talked about, um, the Benjamite men took their wives from the dancers at Shiloh. Mm-hmm. The second one was, if Baal really is God, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar.
0: Oh, yeah. P.S. What book is this all from? Oh, yeah. Sorry.
2: This is what book? <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Um, See, that that one reminded me of the story of Elijah. Okay, yeah. So, I was like, oh, is it Elijah? But maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mm. The second one, uh, the third one, sorry, is Gideon's call by God to deliver Israel from the Midianites is found here. So, if you know the story of Gideon, then you Mm -hmm. know where that's found, then you'll know what book this is. And the the fourth clue is the story of Samson and Delilah is located Ooh in la my sixteenth
0: la. chapter. Ooh la, la. yeah. Samson and Delilah. So. Okay, if you would, if you would like to give a give a give a. Give a I feel like it's Monday when it's already Thursday. <laughs> if you would like to have a stab at the clue, I mean, there we go. A stab at the quiz. Give us a call. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text us 491 You can even message us on Facebook. The number is, sorry, the, we are Faith FM Australia. I think I know why where I'm, where I'm starting to mess up my words. Why? Because it is so hot in this studio. It is. It's putting me to sleep. Yes. We need to like turn off the heaters and crack open a window. Like I dressed for winter and I swear it's middle of summer. Yeah. You turned up and it's like mm. balmy studio weather. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's funny because usually when I get to work, Lyle has the heater cranked and I'm really hot. But yeah. It only takes like 15 minutes and I've acclimatized. But today that sunshine is just blasting through our window. Look at it. We had to put down the blinds. Um, but, but yeah, it's it shows that it's going to be a good day outside. Yes, indeed it I'm is. I'm looking forward to the rest of the day. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's get into this Mon. I'm US, excited. US in Bible prophecy. Let's do a little recap, shall we? So we what we've stu- studied about this week has been about a couple of different topics. Uh-huh. Um and just to get ourselves and uh and our listeners up to three. So I must confess that I haven't been listening into
2: the show every morning <gasps> this week. I've had exams this week, Mon. Oh, so I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to
0: tell me. You're, you're okay. teaching me what you guys have okay. talked about, okay? Okay. So so far this week, Taryn, uh, we've been going through Revelation, uh, jumping about in chapters 12, 13, 14, a little bit of 15 and 16 okay. as well, but mostly like 13 and 14. And we looked at um, America um in, uh, in Bible prophecies, we had, like, the beasts and we learned about how the beasts were, you know, uh, pagan Rome and uh, papal Rome and, and the lamb that, you know, s- looks like, looks like you know, looks like it might be good, yep. the little lamb, barba. Yeah. To speak like a, like a dragon. Oh, bad lamb. So three beasts that are all powered by the devil. Uh-huh. But the beasts we learned that were the symbols of uh, a nation. Uh-huh. And so um, so they're the nations that are being used by the devil to do his work. And we also touched on a very important note that even if we ourselves are part of those nations, that does not mean that we are automatically lost. Okay. So even though we talked about, you know, uh, the Catholic Church and Mm -hmm. about the U.S., it doesn't mean that if you are Catholic or an American that you are automatically... Well, that's good. ...controlled by the devil. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not what it means. Yeah. we learned that there was a deadly wound, um, and that it was healed. Okay. And that was talking about the dark ages. Yeah. So the the uh, the papacy being in control and then that, that rift being healed. And then we are up to <coughs> we talked about last yesterday, um, that the issue of worship is mm. absolutely central and pivotal um to the book of Revelation and to what is happening with these beasts. Uh-huh. So all these beasts, you know, one, two, three, the uh the great big red dragon and the leopard conglomerate thing that had like, you know, the jaw yeah. of a lion and, and feet yeah. like a bear. And they're quite strange beasts, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, if you sit down and try and draw one. I don't think I'd be able to you draw You end it. up with a really yeah. weird thing because it has like multiple heads and then the heads have multiple horns and then there's crowns involved. Yeah. And then, yes, they end up looking a bit weird. Mm. Um, but we learn that all these beasts, they're all, they're all about the worship. Okay all about the worship trying to get everyone to worship them. Yeah. You know, and either by, you know, coercion or by threat of death and yeah. they, they also were around killing them. Okay. So, we are going to have a look a little bit more into this. Oh, um, ooh, well, our time is running running short. <laughs> That's okay. We'll get there. <clears throat> now, you Tarrant are actually a Bible student, are you not? Yes, I am. You study theology that is correct yeah Yeah. a theology student on board with us this morning
2: (laughs) yeah a theology student let me just uh put that one out there i don't know everything i am definitely still learning but actually it's interesting one when you were talking about the um the beast there i had an exam yesterday Mm -hmm. and um it was asking the question why is it so important to understand the genre of the passages that we read in the bible yeah and so like um And so, like, I had to explain in my exam question that it's so important to understand genre because, like, if we look at Bible passages like we have just discussed in Revelation about all of these beasts with random heads as a literal, like, description of history, Mm -hmm. say, if we interpret it as a historical passage, Mm -hmm. then we're going to completely miss out on all of the good information that we're talking about now about the prophecies and about how God has, like, a message for us in this book of Revelation that is telling us about the United States and all of these other things to warn us about the end times, and we're just going to miss out on it completely. So, don't be fooled into reading Revelation and thinking that it's a literal, you know, yeah. description of history because it's we'll we miss out on so much of what God has to, to share with us. Yeah,
0: and we will <laughs> if we're hanging out to see some crazy beasts coming out of the ocean, <laughs> we will be sorely disappointed. Sorely disappointed. But there are going to be some beasts, and we're going to discuss one just a second.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All
0: right, Babylon the Great. Oh, just as a side note, yes. by the way, um, with the issue of worship, we discovered how it is you worship, um, because you know we always think to ourselves, "Oh, I, I worship Jesus. Of course, I do." Yeah, but we we learned um, as part of this recap, Taryn, that worship that the highest form of worship. Is obedience. Oh, yeah, so that makes sense. That which you obey is that which you worship. Mm. Which is, you know, a, 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 in a sh- in a in a nutshell, um, actions speak louder than words. Yeah, true. So you can say that you worship Jesus, or you can say you, you know you worship anyone or anything, but it's actually what you do. Yeah, that fair. really defines who you're worshiping. And,
2: and I think that's an imp- interesting point to make because, like, I look at our society today, like just secular society, and you know, if worship is such a big issue in the book of Revelation and in the Bible in general, then, you know, I've got to ask myself, well, then who who are they worshiping? Mm-hmm. Because they, like, society is so secular these days. They don't claim to worship God, but they don't claim to worship all of these idols like we find in the Bible. So then who are they worshiping or what are they worshiping? And I think that, that what you said there about how um, worshiping is obeying like this you Mm -hmm. know and and i think well who are they obeying then and really they're just obeying their own wants and desires right it just comes back to you know who are we worshiping in like, who is secular society worshipping? Well, they're just worshipping themselves. Mm,
0: mm-hmm, which yeah. is definitely
2: not God. Which is definitely not God. That's right.
0: Okay. Let's have a look at Babylon, the great... I mean, is it really that great anymore? Let's have a look at some Bible verses okay. and see what they teach us about Babylon. So, do you want to read out for us Jeremiah 51 verse 6 okay. and 7? Let's see. Getting there. Jeremiah He was not a bullfrog. He was a book of the Bible. (laughs) That's right. He was a prophet, actually. A prophet. Uh, Chapter 51. Chapter
2: 51, verse 6 and 7. Okie dokie. Flee from the midst of Babylon and everyone save his life. Do not be cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He shall recompense her. Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunk. The nations drank her wine. Therefore, the nations are deranged. And also verse 53. Verse 53. Um. Oh, it's over two pages. Okay, 53. Though Babylon were to mount up to heaven and though she were to fortify the height of her strength, yet from me plunders would come to her, says the Lord. And verse 57. And verse 57, and I will make drunk her princes and wise men, her governors, her deputies, and her mighty men. And they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, says the king,
0: whose name is the Lord of hosts. So what do these texts teach us about Babylon? Babylon, it almost (laughs) sounds like it's having an identity crisis. Like it sounds like it's an amazing, incredible place. And yet. Then it's like, you know, oh, you're so great and you're so golden and you're a big goldy cup. But hang on a second. You're doing all this horrible stuff. Yeah. But even in verse
2: six, it says flee from the midst of Babylon. Mm. It's, you know, the Jeremiah starts all of this saying flee from Babylon and everyone save his life.
0: Wow. Okay. And, so, and she's very, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? She has a lot of influence because you know the yeah. nations have drunken of her wine. So all and then it says, therefore the nations are mad. So yeah. she has a far reach. So Babylon, good place or bad place? Uh, I'm gonna say bad place. Yeah, sounds like a bad place. Yep. Let's read some more. Let's turn to Zechariah two, verse seven. Okie dokie. Flipping, flipping, flippin'. flippin', flippin'. Zechariah two and verse seven. Indeed. And if you are driving, please don't uh yeah, <laughs> Turn in your right. Bible. No, just <clears> let <throat> us read it to you.
2: Okay, um, Zechariah two verse seven says, "Up,
0: Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon." So the Bible seems to have this a lot to say about getting away from yeah. Babylon. Let's let's keep looking at it. Let's look at Revelation seventeen verse five and six. Okay. And if you'd like to follow along with this study, if you're interested in learning more about uh, Revelation and, um, and Babylon and the United States and Bible prophecy, you can actually join. This is, this is a Bible study that 20 million other people around the world are doing at the same time. <clears throat> you can give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we can sort you out with the study guide that comes with this study. There you go. So Revelation
2: chapter 17, verses 5 and 6, mm-hmm. it says, And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement.
0: Wow. Okay. And now we're going to quickly jump across to uh, chapter 18, verses 2 and 3. Yep. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying,
2: Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for the foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her
0: luxury. Clearly. Wow. Clearly in the Bible, Babylon is a place of evil. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. the Bible is constantly charging people to, to run, to flee, to get out of her, to leave, to just get as far away from her as possible. She's constantly up to no good. She's constantly yeah. influencing people for evil. She yeah. constantly, you know, she sounds like she's just a wicked city. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as we saw yesterday, um, it has a long history as a capital of false worship. Uh So it's actually a really fitting symbol of end time power that deceives the nations. Yes. Right. And I guess
2: that, um, you know, because it talks about in, um, you know, it talked about a lot of stuff in Babylon that, you know, people might be drawn to for fun, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, you know, works with what we were talking about, um, about worship and about how, you know, we're worshiping ourselves. At the moment, you know, society just wants to do what they want to do and they don't, you know, focus on God. They're just focusing on themselves and their own
0: desires, I guess. So let's have a look. um, Let's do this to some... Comparing, shall okay. we? Babylon the Great. Let's compare. Let's compare the three beasts. So we have the dragon, we have the sea beast, and we have the scarlet beast. So let's have a look at some of the similarities and some of the differences. So how about you read uh, Revelation twelve verse three, mm-hmm. and I'll read uh, chapter thirteen verses one to three. Okay. So Revelation
2: chapter twelve and verse three, and it says, "And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads." and ten
0: horns and seven diadems on his heads. What are
2: diadems? I have no idea. They're like crowns. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, crowns,
0: yeah. Okay, and then uh, 13 verses 1 to 3 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like like a leopard, And his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast." Oh. And then if you would like to read 17 verse 3. Yeah. So 17
2: verse 3 says, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven
0: heads and ten horns. Okay. So all three beasts. So we're going to, have to look at the similarities and differences. Yep. So, so far we can tell that all three beasts have seven heads and ten horns. Yes. Uh, which represent the t- sum total of heads and horns of the beasts of Daniel 7, actually. Isn't that interesting mm. how Revelation relates back to Daniel? Yeah, They're they so closely each linked. Hey? Yeah. So each, uh, each successive empire it was built upon those that went before it, basically. Yep. Um, what else? So uh, well, we can say that the Scarlet Beast combines elements of the dragon and the sea beast. Yeah. Uh, which is symbolizing, uh, what was it, Pagan and Papal Rome, respectively? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Yeah, the land beast as well. Yeah, as well as as the land beast, which kind of groups all three powers, so all of God's enemy, into a a real coalition, I guess you could say. Mm. So mm, let me see. What else is there? What else is there? Well, there's an additional element uh, in in Revelation 17. Um, There's a woman. A woman who wants the scarlet beast. What does the woman represent? Ah, We have talked about this. Does anyone remember what a woman represents? It is a church. There you go. And in this case... Good um, church or bad church? Well... What is this woman doing, right? She's riding the Scarlet Beast. Riding the Beast. So this symbolizes an illicit union of religious and political powers, right? Because if a if a beast represents a nation mm-hmm. and a woman a church and the woman is riding the beast, then she's in control of the beast, right? Okay. And the Bible clearly tells us that church and state is Don't a union that never mix. should be. Yeah. And here they are. This woman is, you know, riding this beast. So we're going to have a look at the, the other woman in the Bible and we're going to compare these two women. But this is human nature. People get ready.
4: People get mad There's a train in common You don't need no baggage. just to get on board All you need is faith faith. Out of the diesel You don't need no ticket No, no, just thank
5: the Lord. Lord
4: There's a train a comin'. You don't need no baggage, just to get on board. All you need is some faith to hear the diesel coming You don't need no ticket, just thank the Lord. And people get ready for the train. It's picking up passengers from coast to coast, and faith is the key, open the doors to bottom this road. People get, ready. Oh, oh, oh. people get ready. 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 Come out here, people. People get ready. Oh. oh, oh, oh. People get ready.
5: Oh, oh, oh. People get ready. You. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the show, it's mine and Taryn, filling in for Lyle. Taryn, yes. Or do you have another clue for our I do have another clue because no
2: one has called in yet. Mm. So I'm going to keep giving out those clues assuming that it is too
0: hard for you guys listening. Well, it can't be that hard because it is a what book of the Bible am I? Yeah. And that's already narrowed it down to 66? one of 66. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you got a one in 66 chance of getting it right. I think we're all pretty sure now that it's it actually is in the Old Testament. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There's another
2: clue that Mon just gave you all. Yeah, yep. So. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So the last clue that we have for today mm-hmm. is another quote. So it's a verse from this book. And it says, Then the Lord raised up judges, Atheniel, Deborah, Gideon, Jephath, and Samson, who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what were the raiders who were they saving them from and what book is it all found in
0: yes indeed do you know i don't know do you reckon they were all actually kind of hard clues i mean not uh, i mean when it started getting to gideon i kind of knew where we were yeah, going with yeah. it. i think maybe uh maybe in our next session next segment i might come up with my a diy clue DIY and, <laughs> and, I'll, and i'll give you an extra clue to today, just okay. To see, just to see what happens. Okay. Okay. So let's get back to our Bible study. We are talking about the Babylon the Great, and we're, we've discovered that there are two women in the Book of Revelation. Yes. So one is uh, commonly called the Pure Woman, and the other one is commonly called the Harlot. Uh huh. So let's uh, let's have a look at them. How about you read out the verses regarding the Pure Woman, which is found in Revelation uh, chapter twelve. Okay. And it's verses one two. And then we'll skip down to five and six. Okay.
2: And uh, so as I'm reading, Mm -hmm. have a think about what description, what this woman is defined as, what are her defining characteristics. Mm. So, okay. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verse one. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now I'm jumping down to verse five. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there. One thousand two hundred and sixty days.
0: Now, apart from like uh, having to flee and being in the pain of giving uh-huh. birth, she actually sounds quite lovely, doesn't she? She does, yeah. She's clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. I mean, that yes. sounds lovely. Yes, that's right. And, uh, and she's called a great wonder. There appeared yeah. a great wonder in heaven, a woman. Okay, let's have a look at the harlots. Okay, you can read okay. for us chapter 17, right? Yep, chapter 17. I'm going to read verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. So, uh, so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. That's the beast, not the woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, good, good <laughs> <And> clarification there. <laughs> and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. There we go. Or I might read one more verse. Okay. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her, which has seven heads and ten horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one more verse, do you reckon? Go for it. Actually, I want to stop there. Okay. Stop okay. There. So we have we have these two rather distinctly different women, do we not? We
2: do. They are definitely very different. Um, I mean, let's, one's called a harlot, yeah. for instance.
0: <laughs> you know, and just she sounds she actually kind of sounds vampirish, right? So she's <laughs> she's drunken on the blood of saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Yeah,
2: that doesn't sound
0: good. Sounds almost cannibalistic. Yeah. But let's have a look. We do know that the that the women are representative um of a church of a church. Yeah. That's Bible right. Prophecy. Okay. So let's compare them. So first of all, where are they?
2: Well, um, the pure w- woman that we read in Revelation chapter 12 is in heaven, right? And the harlot woman is on the waters. Okay. Mm. So different places. Um, what are they wearing? The pure woman in Revelation
0: 12 is clothed with the sun. And the harlot is clothed in purple and scarlet. Okay. So different again. Mm. What are they wearing on their heads? Well, uh, Revelation 12 says that she is wearing a crown of 12 stars. And the harlot, she seems to be adorned with, like, gold and gems and pearls and all kinds of frippery. Yep. In Revelation 12, I didn't quite read it, but it says that the woman is attacked by the dragon. Which is actually stark contrast to the harlot, who is supported by the dragon. Okay. They seem to be in really deep cahoots. Yeah. Me.
2: Yeah. Okay. So we've got different relationships with the dragon here, and the pure woman is the
0: mother of the remnant, as well, the harlot is the mother of harlots. I mean, she's you know, he you know, he's called her the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth.
2: Yeah. Well, we saw this woman, um, the pure woman, have give birth to the child. Mm. So, um,
0: okay. Yeah. So, and, and we know that this woman, the harlot woman, is representative of Babylon, and Babylon being representative of basically all the all the nations and all the all the empires that were you know into false worship Mm -hmm. and opposed god yeah so you know but and babylon has been very busy reproducing itself yeah you know because it was actually a city uh, back in the day and they've used it as a you know as a a symbol yeah yeah, as a symbol and it's been just it's it's nature and it's um it's uh it's false worship has been reproduced uh down through generations and um and so they could say that this apostate mother church, you could almost say, has many apostate daughters, so to speak. mm mm-hmm. Cool, but you know what? God doesn't actually take ownership of the errors and 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 the atrocities that are committed by by these apostate Christian churches. Yeah, you know, people often say, "Well, I don't want to believe in God because look at all the horrific yeah. things that Christians have done that Christianity does." You know, how many wars and deaths were caused by, by Christianity? Yeah, yeah. It's, and and God does not take any ownership of that no. because you know he he says quite clearly in the Bible that there there are there are two there are two women. Yeah, there's, you know, the pure woman and the harlot and his true people, you know, although they're they're attacked by Satan, they will survive through the centuries as his true people.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, and I think it's um, representative of like, the true woman, the true church of God has the character of God as well. And so, um, I guess what we have to do is to ask ourselves, like, you know, is this thing that is being done by the church um, in, you know, alignment with the character of God? And if it is, then... Good. If it's not, then maybe it's not the true church of God.
0: And we read there in Revelation, uh fourteen, verse eight. You know, Babylon's fall in the great city. Um, that you know, she made the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Um, you know, it, it, the Bible has already warned people about Babylon's fall, or you know or apostasy from the truth, which eventually leads to the final deception, like the mark of the beast, which we're mm. going to come to in a later study. And this warning, it, you know, it's going to be repeated with, with much greater power, and it actually it culminates in this one last great appeal for God's people who are still in Babylon, who are still in these false churches, still in false worship, to come out of her, to come out of these false churches yeah. and unite with God's end time remnant church. Yeah. Just shows that God has his people and Everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, he has. A, he has his people everywhere, and he has a plan. And he yeah. most definitely has a plan to to call us out uh, from wherever we are, and um, you know, and and to come and to join the the end time remnant church. And we are going to be talking more about the uh, the end time remnant church tomorrow. So uh, stay tuned and we're going to be having a great time tomorrow yeah. on Friday talking about the, uh, the entire remnant church That's who it. it is and where it is and where can we find it and where do we subscribe to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we're going to have a song break. This is Jaden Lavig with My Father's World. And after that, we're going to have the question of the day. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FAM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can ask us anything. We will answer it live on air. Mm.
5: This
6: is my father's world to my listening. Same
0: Welcome to Faith FM Australia. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8, and 88 FM. And can I just say happy birthday to the Queen? Oh, yes. We love the Queen's birthday here because <laughs> it means a public holiday. It is a day off for most of us, I want to say. And we also are having a day off. Yes. Which means we're not here. No. You yeah. are going to be listening to The Favourites today. Yeah. Uh, without us. Yeah. We recorded this last week and we hope that you enjoy Monday of Favourites. That's it. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day.
3: See <laughs> you See you.
0: Yes. Yesterday, we all went out for breakfast. Yes, and, and you I, ate something disgusting. And I ate something revolting, and I ate it because it had a, a really enticing name. Mm-hmm. It was a cookie, a multicolored cookie, and it was called unicorn poo. <laughs> but it started a discussion. You're a sick person. I know. It started a discussion about unicorns. Yeah. And do you know what? Mm-hmm. Unicorns are real. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how I know this? How do you know this? Because they're in the Bible.
7: Ah. In fact, the Bible says, uh, Will the unicorn be willing to serve you or abide by your crib? Can you bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow or will he harrow the valleys after you? Very poetic language from the book of Job right there.
0: I don't think the unicorn's going to do any of that because he's going to fly away with his magical sparkling
7: horn, right? Uh, Yeah, maybe not. What? So the question is, does the Bible speak about fantasy creatures? Why does the Bible mention the unicorn? And the unicorn is mentioned in five different places, uh, nine different places in the Bible. Oh, wow. So was the unicorn a real thing or not? It's never certainly never been discovered. Does that mean that we have yet to discover something that has not been discovered? Oh, that'd be so cool. Hey, do you know? What? You know the narwhal? Yeah. Which is that whale that has-
0: A unicorn horn.
7: A unicorn horn. Yeah. Yeah. You know they used to sell narwhal horns as unicorn horns back in the day? <laughs>
0: I would have so fallen for that. Back
7: in the Victorian era.
0: (laughs) Look, you label anything unicorn and I would have purchased it, okay?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Queen Elizabeth I is said to have had one which was valued at a thousand pounds. She had her own private unicorn horn. Oh, my. A big spiraled um, narwhal horn. Okay, so what is the Bible talking about? We don't know exactly what the Bible is talking about. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, the unicorn simply means um, or indicates a creature that has one horn and it comes from the Hebrew word re'in. Uh, this has been translated in various languages as mono, monosaurus, unicornus, unicorn, einhorn, einhorn, all of which mean one horn.
0: I just want to point out that re'horn, that first word, and the, and the other word, the hanosaurus, kind of sounds like rhinoceros. Yeah, no, and they have one horn, and they're still around. Yeah, maybe unicorns are rhinoceroses—a little rhino. It
7: could be. It could mm-hmm. be. It, it, there's a, there's a more likely uh, explanation um, because you've got the Hebrew word uh, Re'im which is very similar to um, the rhino. Assyrian word oh, Re'imu Oh, Yes, um, and this was a a uh, creature that was an ox and it was artistically depicted in the ancient world with one horn.
0: Oh, okay, yep, yep. Yeah,
7: big, powerful thing with one horn. Yeah, very some similar lot of people to think that, that, might be, that might be what it's referring to. It could be a rhino, it could be a, a emu, um, something like that. A lot of Jewish translators didn't translate it because they didn't know what it was.
0: Very interesting.
8: chin white as snow the throne, I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat, Jesus made it all. There's pain